on today's Padone My Take, we get you guys ready for Cleveland Indians MLB opening day, first pitch tomorrow. Are you excited? Could you care less? We're going to get into all the big topics, trends around our tribe and beyond in the MLB world. We're also, of course, going to get into some Cleveland Browns. Jadavion Clowney watch continues. We'll talk some Frankie Lindor. Contract situation ongoing. Do you care or not? NFL draft pro days or going on currently. Of course, we got to talk about all that stuff. Give you my takes on things that are trending outside of the world of sports. So many other things to get into on tonight's show. But first, a big am- announcement that is here to stay. And I am so excited to share with you all. Padone My Take has partnered with the Big Play Store for the exclusive PMT t-shirt. That's right. I teamed up with my guys over at at Big Play to get you guys some discounts on the best Cleveland sports merch in the game. The Big Play store has a ton of awesome Cleveland designs like the retro brown shirts, a brand new Sexland t-shirt to rep our Cleveland Cavs backcourt. Visit the Big Play store today by going to store.bigplay.com and browse all the great designs. While you're there, make sure to grab my Padone My Take t-shirt. That would mean a ton. To me, you guys, even if you don't, though, use promo code Padone. That's my last name, Padone, for 15% off of your entire purchase. Again, that's my last name, Padone, for 15% off your entire order with the Big Play Store. Without further ado, let's do it. Welcome on in everyone, Padone My Take. We're streaming live on BigPlay.com. We're on Periscope, on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube. My name is Nick Padone, hanging out with you guys for the next hour or so. It's crazy. Tomorrow we will wake up and it'll be opening day in Cleveland, Ohio. And last year, obviously, it was an opening day. There was no baseball. Last year at this time, we had to wait until June to get the season underway. That's when Padone My Take launched. We had Adam Plutko on the show. Crazy we've been going at this for about a year now, but it's going to be nice tomorrow. And, you know, before we take our deep dive into the Cleveland Indians that we're going to do tonight, we've got Twitter polls for you guys. Of course, as always, tweet the show at Padone My Take. Shoot me a tweet as well at Nick Padone 12 Before we start talking about the Indians and taking our deep dive, obviously they've made some moves this offseason. Got rid of Lindor, got rid of Cookie, added some younger pieces, added Eddie Rosario, which is a big outfield bat that some fans, myself included, have been clamoring for for the last year plus. It'll be nice tomorrow to wake up, to have baseball in April And to have it actually going on, limited fans and stands, I know. It's going to be nice. Take that with a grain of salt. So much is going on in the baseball world. Obviously, opening day is the big deal. Shane Bieber for our tribe on the bump against the Detroit Tigers. What are your expectations for this season? Tweet the show at Padone My Take. Tweet me at Nick Padone 12. My expectations for the Indians this year... It's just to stay competitive. Be watchable. 
around the league outside of Cleveland, you know, and the fans here that follow the team closely know that this is an organization that never intended on paying Frankie Lindor. We're a team that will trade big assets like Lindor to bring back guys that we could develop in-house with a lot of club control. There's guys that are going to break out this year and we're going to say, wow, you know, that's impressive. And then there's going to be guys that we completely whiff on. You know, Cesar Hernandez, the second baseman, is an example of a guy I could see taking a dip. All I'm asking out of the Cleveland Indians in 2021 is just to be competitive. And I think in order to do so and to really assure your fans that things will be okay this MLB season in Cleveland is to come out of the gate and look competent. I'm not asking you to come out of the gate and start the season 10 and 0. Obviously the third season the third series of the season against is against the Chicago White Sox. I'm not expecting them to sweep big teams in division. The AL Central was the joke and the laughing stock of Major League Baseball for a very long time, but it's a division that's much improved. Obviously, up top, you have the Minnesota Twins, the Cleveland Indians, the two teams that have been there and been around the block for the last year or so. Those guys are still intact. Minnesota, you know, a little bit less. Us, a little bit less. We both lost, you know, some big pieces. But Chicago is the team to look out for. You, you look at any sports book, you know, anywhere, Chicago is the odds-on favorite in Vegas to win the American League Central. What do you make of that all? Personally, I think it's justified. You look at some of the big bats that they have on that team with a young and improving pitching rotation highlighted by Giolito. I, I think right now I'm at a point where I could say the Chicago White Sox deserve it. It's their time. They were the bottom of the barrel of this division for a while. My key for the Cleveland Indians this season is don't be the new White Sox. Don't be the new Royals. Even though you've had tremendous runs since really 2015 when Frankie Lindor had his first full Francisco Lindor pardon me, had his first full season in Cleveland, you've been a competent organization. Sure, there's been the slips and tumbles in the postseason. You guys don't need me to remind you about that. The Indians have won more games in the American League since 2015 than any other team. That's impressive. That says something about how the organization is run. If you're new to the Big Play Network, I welcome you and I implore you to go check out the interview we had with Indian starting pitcher Zach Plesak. You can listen for free on demand. Just search Big Play Reflog Show wherever you get your podcasts and please act noted you know there's some smart people that work for the cleveland indians what else could we really say to see that they flip good pitchers and put a decent enough product on the field every year to have it to a point of this where i'm sitting in front of this microphone before opening day and sure we're not as pumped about the tribe as we are and as we have been in seasons past we're not as passionate about the tribe right now because of the viewership of the ownership and question marks about the name and the scandal with mickey calloway there's a bunch of black eyed situations that kind of hover over this franchise like a dark cloud right now if you're the indians you cannot let that prevail in 2021 I, I worry I'll be completely honest with you and I said that I don't want the tribe to stumble out of the gate that's a huge key that's gonna tell us a lot 
about how this team is going to be this season. And I know historically you could look all throughout his Indians tender. Terry Francona gets off to slow starts. That's the kind of manager that he is. That cannot happen this year. Your first eight games of the season are against the Detroit Tigers, who are still bad. They're, they're still the bottom of the division. The Detroit Tigers and the Kansas City Royals are your first eight games of the year. You got to beat up on those guys if you're the tribe. And I'm not asking you to go out there and start the season eight, no. Look alive, though. Come out of it five and three, six and two. Imagine the buzz that would be generating as we get into a meaningful Chicago White Sox series that happens after those eight games. That's my biggest key, and I'm very excited to monitoring that closely. And I implore you all to do so as well this week because, man, that's eight winnable games right in front of you. And, you know, we talk with Zach Plesak on Big Play Reflog, already plugged that once. And, you know, the, the pitching staff is going to be the backbone of this organization. It's going to be what makes the Indians tick in 2021. They can't have any of these young arms break down. I'm talking about Plesak, Savali. I worry about Tristan McKenzie. Obviously, the this fifth starter situation is weird now that they traded away Adam Plutko for cash considerations. You could possibly have Logan Allen in there. I can't have a stretch of three or four nights in a row where the young pitchers melt down. And it's obviously a big, big task for Terry Francona, for the pitching staff, to make sure that these guys are ready. And if things start to look shaky, you got to give them the the pull. You got to take them out. It's a veteran bullpen again for the Tribe this year. Obviously, we know Brian Shaw is back. I went on my rant. I already did that show. We're not going to do that again. You know, you have Oliver Perez back who's been around the block. Guy's almost 40 years old. That's the kind of stuff that the tribe is going to rely on with these young pitchers. I have all the faith in the world because the tribe is notorious for, you know, just reloading that position. Obviously, you go from Corey Kluber to Shane Bieber and really barely miss a beat. Both guys, you know, Cy Young winners. Looks like Bieber could definitely win another one as his career is very young and just starting out. I just can't have a stretch where this team flounders. That's my biggest question mark going in. But there's pros and cons for this team. The cons are that I don't think we're going to be able to hang with the big boys. Same trend that existed when Francisco Lindor was here, when Carlos Carrasco was here. I don't think that's a knock at the ownership. I just think that's a testament to how dumb Major League Baseball is in the Call it for what it is here. The fact that the Yankees, the Dodgers, now the New York Mets, they could spend all the money in the world and there's no penalty. There's no cap. I don't know if the Indians will be able to hang with those guys with gigantic payrolls like the Dodgers. You know, when that time comes, that that's obviously the big thing. But just going into this season and winning some games, getting us to the summer, which, gosh, feels like we need, feels like I need. I'll say it. Man. Feels like the general morale around the Cleveland Indians organization is quite low. It seems like any news that comes out about it, whether it be the news that came out today about the dress code going into the stadium that you can't wear Indians face paint or, you know, head dressing of feathers. 
Listen, I don't know why that came as a shock to some people. Are you, do you guys have feather hats around your house that you plop on your head and go into the stadium? If you do, I apologize. None of my friends, I don't, none of my family, I've never attended a game with someone that wore headdressing into the stadium. Yeah, I see people on Twitter all fired up about that. People find a way to spin any Indians news negative right now. It's the easy thing to do. They're the scapegoat of this town. Despite the calves floundering down the dial, literally one channel down the dial, the Indians remain the joke. That's neither here or there. There's three easy outs in this lineup, and and probably at the bottom of the order, as we'll see the lineup card for tomorrow, one you know one o'clock start, I believe. Three easy outs, and maybe even four. Obviously, the verdict is still out there on Yu Chang, who we hope for good things from. Jordan Luplo is starting tomorrow. I don't really dig that. I don't know about you guys. Jake Bowers. Starting first baseman, that's ridiculous. We'll get that in a second. And Robbie P. So you know the bottom three, if they do go, you know, seven, eight, nine at the end, that's three easy outs right there. That that can't happen when we look long term. But this ain't gonna be the long term thing. And of course, tweet your thoughts at Pedone My Take. Tweet me at Nick Pedone Twelve. What are your expectations for the Cleveland Indians in twenty twenty one? The Jake Bowers, Bobby Bradley thing is ridiculous. And to me, when I, where I have a beef with the Dolans and with the ownership, and you talk about the cheap owners and you get into that headache, that's not the conversation that I want to have today. It's just the incompetence to change course. And I don't know if Terry Francona might have a hand in this because this is the way that the Indians have been run for quite some time. There was no competition. I'm sorry. Bobby Bradley, I broke the news when the guy came up. You know, his situation is very unique because he was not a highly touted prospect, yet it seems like he tears it up in the minors. He was having a fantastic spring. He was hitting the cover off the baseball. And then we just let the guy go back to the minors for Jake Bowers? What the hell are we doing here? What what kind of situation are we trying to run? To call it an open competition was a complete, blatant lie on the behalf of the Cleveland Indians. That's the only way that I could state it because that's what it was, guys. I mean, come on. They, they knew the service time thing. If you send Jake Bowers down, you can't because he's out of options. So if you say Jake Bowers lost the competition at first base, you're virtually saying you lost the Yandy Diaz trade, which I'm already willing to say that they did, but obviously the Indians aren't willing to go there just yet. You might as well just DFA, you know, Jake Bowers. He's worthless. And obviously they're going to play him. They're going to try to get some value out of Jake Bowers. But for the Indians to go through this whole spring training, and we didn't talk any spring training on this program. So if you're looking for it on demand on Apple Pods and Spotify by searching Padone My Take and hopefully subscribing and leaving five stars while you're there, you ain't going to find much spring training jargon. Because I knew, I knew it was all hogwash. There was nothing there. They knew that if Bobby Bradley 
was going to be the opening day starter. That meant Jake Bowers is none, is null, is void. And they just didn't want that to happen. That sucks, but as bad as it sucks, unless Jake Bowers has a turnaround, which who knows, it's baseball, goofy things happen. You see these analysts talk, they don't know. You know, Jake Bowers could turn around and hit 270 for the Tribe this season and launch a couple bombs, and nobody will complain for Bobby Bradley at all. I don't think that's going to happen, though. I think the inverse is we suffer through a few months, maybe just a month, of Jake Bowers. We tweet some nasty things about the Indians, about Jake Bowers. He gets his unconditional release, a la Leones Martin. And the next day, what do you know, Bobby Bradley is the starting first baseman. I don't know why the Indians operate that way. Obviously, it's cheaper for them to start Bobby Bradley in the minors. They control more club time with Bobby Bradley starting the year in the minors just drives me crazy. I, I I can't explain enough how like in the NBA to, to kind of make a league by league comparison, couldn't you technically get a fine for tanking for that? Because you look at the guy's numbers throughout the spring, Jake Bowers, who can't hit his way out of a wet paper bag and Bobby Bradley, who's the assassin, man. I mean, he's huge. He's jacked. He's launching homers left and right that are bouncing off outfield walls. And then you have Jake Bowers. And then Jake Bowers is your opening day starter. Like, does the MLB not have an anti-tanking rule? Because you look at those two guys and it's like, man, what are the Indians doing? Like, they're definitely not putting the best product on the field. And that brings me to this. And this is the tough part about the conversation is the ownership and the fans and the fact that the ownership believes that it's on the fans to show up so we could have a good product on the field. Now, I personally operate under the, you know, belief, and obviously I'm a Cleveland Indians apologist. I'm a fan. I I cheer for their success. I like to hope that things will go well. In the back of my mind, I know the Tribe is not winning the World Series this year. I wouldn't put my money to where my mouth is. If I walked into Las Vegas today and they said, hey, let's do it. Put 100 down and bet on the Indians to win the World Series. You might as well light $100 on fire. I just don't think that's in the realm of possibilities for this team this season. They've done things in the past but, but I sympathize and I empathize with this fan base right now in Cleveland so much because part of what's going on right now is unwarranted. Our favorite superstar left town by trade. It wasn't an ugly situation. And now we're left with just a weird skeleton lineup of players that seem like they belong in the minors. I mean... Yu Chang is cool. I hope he's good. Like the Indians have a whole team of guys that you hope are good. And I put that on the owners and the owners come back and say, well, the fans aren't going to the games. The fans aren't watching. If the fans came to the games and we were able to sell out the ballpark like the last owners and have stretches of a hundred some nights of straight games. Now, now we're having a different conversation here. Now maybe we extend Lindor. That's not how this goes, dude. That's not how this operates in 2021. And I'm sorry about that. You have to put a product on the field so the fans want to come. 
all these playoff exits that happen prematurely that just rip our hearts out as fans. I go back to the Yankees in 2017, right after the World Series birth, first round Cleveland Indians, New York Yankees, best of five, game five. I'm in there with my dad. We're watching Corey Kluber just get shelled. Cleveland Indians fans scarce seems like we're at Yankee Stadium Didi Gregorius is just taking Kluber yard and going yard again and my heart feels like it's about to fall out of my chest and this is only happening because at that point the bullpen was already discounted so we couldn't afford to pull Kluber at that time and the Indians ultimately go down to the Yankees and that's where the frustration comes from and I hear the fans but then I look at what's going on in New York with Frankie Lindor, and that brings us to our Twitter poll today. Frankie Lindor, let me pull up the exact numbers on this. The Mets offered Frank Francisco, again, I'm sorry, you can't help it. I'm, I swear I'm not doing that sarcastically either. Mets offer Francisco Lindor $325 million. All right, decent chunk of change, I dig it. He's looking for three million dollars so he turns down the Mets offer has a counter obviously they haven't come to terms on it this big 10 12 whatever it may be wherever it may land contract extension for Lindor that brings us to our Twitter poll on Twitter at Pedone my take do you still care about Francisco Lindor's contract situation I'm here to tell you that I don't care And even though it sucks that he's not in town, he was my favorite Cleveland Indians player when he was here. I had the pleasure of meeting him. I have a signed jersey, you know, that he personalized to me during MLB All-Star Weekend when we were down there with, you know, Dave, Big Play J, Long Live, doing some stuff for MLB All-Star Weekend for the site. Got to meet Francisco. Just great experience. All-around great guy. By all accounts, you know, did some cool stuff for the community too. He's not here. It sucks. I feel like it's not my job, not my prop, man. Like, whatever the Mets decide to do with Lindor is what they decide to do with Lindor. I got my poo-poo platter. I got Andreas Jimenez, the young kid that's going to start at shortstop tomorrow. I hope he tears it up. I hope Andreas Jimenez is my next Francisco Lindor. I'm hoping that I have a Jimenez jersey in the next three or four years, autographed, personalized, after we meet him you know, at an Indians playoff rally or something like that. That's the kind of thing that I care about as an Indians fan. I'm not looking to Fran- Frankie's contract on Twitter at Pedone My Take. As an Indians fan, do you care about Francisco Lindor and his contract situation? It seems like he is looking for upwards 300 mil, even getting into that 400 mil range. I mean, I hope he gets it as as just a fan of what's going on. I, I hate that that the Mets are allowed to pay him that much. But from a player's perspective, they're allowed to pay you that much. You're only worth what someone is willing to pay you. So if someone puts pen to paper on a 300, you know, Lindor turned down 325. They counter with 385. Say they meet in the middle somewhere around 340. And, you know, the Mets' Steve Cohen puts pen to paper there. 
congratulations, dude. You're worth 340 mil. You're only worth what someone is willing to pay you. I don't care that much about Frankie's contract situation. I just don't. It doesn't keep me up at night. I'm not saying, wow, I want, I see all these tweets attacking Frankie. Like, how could you turn down 325 million? I saw the boomer take of the year the other day, and we're going to run in a second. We'll read that tweet straight ahead. I can't stand seeing people get so bent up about what athletes get paid because it doesn't matter. It's not my money. You're only worth, if you went into work, <laughs> whatever you do, sanitation worker, mailman, nurse, doctor in this coronavirus age, you know, the lady that was at the giant eagle vaccine, the place that gave me my Pfizer shot again, got the shot this week. Thank you. Giant Eagle Pharmacy of Independence for hooking that up. Whatever you do, though, whatever walk of life that your employment comes from, if you teeter into work tomorrow after hearing me jabber on this microphone for an hour and your Thursday starts off with a meeting with your manager and they're saying, hey, we're going to extend your contract, extend your employment offer, whatever it is that you have signed per the amount of money that you make. And they say, we're going to blow your socks off. We're going to give you $300,000 a year. Now for the average postman that makes maybe 65 grand a year, 75 grand a year, possibly max. I'm not a postman salary guru. 300 grand a year, that'd blow my socks off. I'd say, where's the X on the paper? Where do I sign? You're only willing, you're only worth what someone's willing to pay you. And that's my take on what's going on with Frankie Lindor right now is if the Mets are willing to pay him 325 mil plus, then that's what he's worth. I'm not staying up at night. I know my favorite team wasn't going to pay him that in a million years. They weren't even looking to give him a budget version of that contract. I'm not stressing out about Francisco Lindor and what's going on in New York. If they lose him, if he leaves in free agency, because again, they traded for him but that means his contract is still expiring they still have to pay for him and i think they will i think they'll get this sorted out but if they don't i still don't care that's on you i already got back what i was gonna get back from francisco lindor like i see fans on twitter and they interact like as if if frankie lindor gets 400 million dollars that like the mets take some of the prospects that we get away like that's how mad that they are about it I don't care. I have my guys. I know tomorrow at 1.10 p.m. I'm going to be cheering for Andreas Jimenez. I didn't watch a single at-bat of his throughout the entire spring training. I've been so busy with this Cleveland Browns stuff, with training camp, with doing this show, having so much fun. Haven't followed it too much, but we're going to talk some tribe when we return on Twitter at Podomai Take. The poll is up. Do you care as an Indians fan about Francisco Lindor and his contract situation? We have that poll now. We update that straight ahead. Get into our Browns offseason watching more. I'm Nick Padone, and you're listening to BigPlay.com. Podomai Take. Stay with us. Alrighty, welcome back in Pedone. My take streaming live on bigplay.com. We're also on demand, Apple Pods, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. 
PidomaTakeBigPlay.com is there. The poll is up on Twitter. You just saw it on your screen at PidomaTake. Do you care about Francisco Lindor and his contract situation? I voted no. I don't care about Francisco anymore. And people are kind of on my side. Nope, don't care has 65% of the votes and 35% goes to yes. People that still care. They're still curious to see what that contract situation looks like. And I hear you. You know, I'm definitely curious to see what he ends up with. And it will be nice to say like, man, that's crazy. We obviously weren't going to pay Lindor that. Join the conversation though on my Twitter at Padone my take tweet me at nick padone 12 we have some fans weighing in in the comments aaron tweets the show and said lindor deserves the world we should have given it to him he could have been the face of cleveland not just sports but for the city as a whole i want to get i want him to get everything he deserves even if it's sadly not from us he seems like a great guy Aaron, as somebody that has met, that has interacted with, that, like I said, and I will, I'll brag about it again, has a jersey customized from Frankie Lindor, I'm, I'm with you. He does deserve the world. He was a fantastic guy. You know, he was a great representation for the city, for this baseball team. The Mr. Spy, Smile mantra, I think, did tremendous with the fans and really brought the organization light in its darkest days. You guys got to remember, we were coming fresh off the heels of, it looked like a team where, you know, Jose Ramirez was no good. We had Michael Bourne in the outfield. Michael Brantley and Jason Kipnis were our two stars, but it was noted that they were on the decline I'm with Aaron here on Twitter, and I appreciate you tweeting the show. I want you guys to go ahead and engage in the conversation on there. I agree. I would like to see Francisco make some cash this offseason. He deserves it, but really, I don't care the details. I don't care when it happens, the exact dollar amount. I got my prospects. I got my Andreas Jimenez, and I'm looking forward to opening day tomorrow. Of course, today's Twitter poll is brought to you guys by my friends at Dugout Mugs. Baseball is back. The Indians are back. Corner of Carnegie in Ontario next week in Detroit right now. Spring training is over with. If you haven't ordered your bat mug yet, what are you doing, folks? You know what you need to do. Visit dugoutmugs.com today. These are real handcrafted baseball bats with the barrel hollowed out and engraved with your favorite team's logo right on the front. This makes for the perfect beer mug, coffee mug, tea mug, whatever you need it to be to get through these Cleveland Indians this season. I'm excited for the tribe. They're back. I'm buying in slowly but surely. I want you guys to get fired up with me. Go get your mug. They also have knob shot glasses. They have bottle openers. I'm in the dugout. You guys should be too. Visit dugoutmugs.com slash big play today. View their entire Cleveland Indians collection. That's dugoutmugs.com slash big play. I'm in the dugout and you could be too with dugout mugs. Great stuff there. Obviously, we wish our best, everyone at BigPlay.com, to the tribe this coming season. They're not going to be the Indians for much longer, man. So it's cool to have something like this with the Indians logo engraved on it forever. We'll see what happens, though. Like I said, first eight games, key for this team is to come out hot. You start your season against the Detroit Tigers, the Kansas City Royals, and then the Detroit Tigers again. Beat up on these bottom-of-the-barrel teams, 
and you're going to be all right. You're going to win some games. I'm excited to see what happens. It feels like for the first time in a long time, these first few games of the year might matter. I want to see where this team is at right out of the gate. I care about Indians baseball in April, even though it's supposed to snow here in Cleveland tomorrow. I don't know what the hell is up with that. Brother, this guy stinks! Without further ado, that was our Cleveland Indians talk for the night. It's time for our Browns offseason watch. Alrighty, Browns offseason watch coming to you guys live from BigPlay.com. Slow news week for the Cleveland Browns. I thought people were going to kind of lose their minds on my timeline. Browns didn't do a whole lot, no big signings since last Wednesday, no trades, kind of things just status quo for our Cleveland Browns right now. I don't think that's a bad thing at all. News comes out today, Carl Joseph, free agent safety, having a meeting with the Pittsburgh Steelers today in Pittsburgh. Curious to see what shakes of that, man. It would be weird to see Carl Joseph in black and yellow after beating up on them twice and, uh, you know, doing so kind of easily there at the end of the season. Best of luck to Carl Joseph, whatever way that shakes out. Obviously, if he's a stealer, I'm going to root for him to lose twice during the regular season and hopefully once during the playoffs because that was a whole ton of fun. That's the Browns news that's going on recently, but the Jadavion Clowney watch continues. I was talking about last week, almost for the whole show, how badly I wanted Jadavion Clowney in Cleveland what the hell is taking them so long here? I mean, they say the reports are out there. They're saying that the Browns have prepared and offered Clowney a free, a very decent and acceptable free agent contract. We have Malik Jackson meet with us in the you know Brown Zoom press conferences, and he's saying, you know, I don't need to recruit Jadavion Clowney. He knows what it's about. Obviously, the money might not be there for him this year, but if he's looking to be a part of spe- something special, three words that we haven't heard about free agents in a long time, Super Bowl contenders, Cleveland is the spot to be Jadavion Clowney. I don't know what's taking him so long here. He- he's teetering for me, J.J. Watt territory, and I'm not going to do that. You know, we did three weeks of JJ Watt watch on this program. I am not going to do that for you, Jadavion Clowney. I know you're a former number one overall pick and all. I still want you, but you're hovering very close to JJ Watt territory. I ultimately think, how about this gut check time on Twitter at Padone, my take tweet me at Nick Padone 12. Do you think Jadavion Clowney ends up on the Cleveland Browns? That's tough. I'm going to have to say yes, though, because I have not seen, read, heard any other team having any interest in Jadavion Clowney. Obviously, maybe a return to the Titans would be the only thing at this moment, and I don't even know how that's looking. Like, I really just think that the Jadavion market is just dry. Like, people don't care for his services right now, and I think that sets up the Browns very nicely to give him a fair contract. I'm curious to see, is it going to be a one-year deal? Is it a two-year deal that's been offered? There's not a whole lot of details out and about right now about Clowney and about his contract. I would like to see that get done, though, especially soon. Like, I hate doing that, and the part of me 
wants to see it get done soon too because I'm a fan, you know, just like you guys. I, I want to, you know, have Clowney and be in the mindset of like, wow, okay, Andrew Barry aced this, you know, free agency. He got a strong, a strong safety that's going to be a starter. You know, he got a starting nickel corner in Troy Hill. That's huge. The missing piece is that veteran defensive end right now. He got Tack McKinley, who's a former first round pick who was productive in the early part of the year. Now you bring in that veteran, you know, presence to not only the locker room, but on the field. He's seen a thing or two. He's blown by a few offensive tackles in his day. Has Jadavion Clowney. You bring that guy in and it's like, now, now I feel like I'm sitting nice as a Browns fan. But the real reason why I want this Jadavion Clowney thing to get done and to get behind us for the Cleveland Browns is I want the Browns, Andrew Barry, Paul D. Podesta, Kevin Stefanski, Joe Woods, and that brain trust to be able to sit down and get us ready, get us prepared here. We got a draft in less than a month in Cleveland, Ohio, nonetheless. Come on here. Come on here, Clowny. You're holding us back. We got to find out what we're doing with this 26th pick. I've said it on these airwaves. I'll probably say it for the next four weeks leading up to the show right before the draft. I don't think the Browns will draft a linebacker with 26. I think it will be either a defensive end, a corner, possibly a receiver. Maybe we'll do that show next week. I don't think it'll be a linebacker, though. I don't think that's a position that they value. But to get Jadavion Clowney at that defensive end position, that kind of gives you the luxury of going best player available, truly. Like, you know, you always say that. Like, well, we're going best player available. Okay, sure. The best player available that happens to play the position that you're needing is what, you know, you're drafting for if you're a team like the Browns right now. Same thing applied last year, really, with the 10th overall pick when the Browns landed Jedrick Wills out of Alabama. They believed he was the best player available, but it also filled a gigantic hole. I feel the same philosophy unfolding for the 26th overall pick. And if you lock up Jadavion Clowney now, if you get him in that orange and brown in the first week of April, that gives you the next few weeks to just put that in the rearview mirror. If you're drafting at the end, which I think they will, regardless of what happens with Clowney, whether it be at 26 or beyond, cool you're set for the future but you know that your starter opposite miles garrett would be in place and in position after the draft you know leading into the draft after free agency i will say a piece of me believes that as this drags on like if we get to next wednesday and jadavion Clowney still hasn't signed anywhere I don't think that bodes well for the browns i think every 24 hours that passes by probably hurts the Browns chances of landing Clowney more and more just because it gives him time to think himself out of it. Obviously the Browns had the best offer for Clowney last year and he decided to go to the Tennessee Titans and bet on himself and did the one-year contract thing. Blew out his knee eight games in. That didn't pan out at all. You'd think history repeats itself learn to do the right thing this time through sign with the Browns. If you're Jadavion Clowney, they have another big offer ready for him. I don't know what's the holdup. And I do think as time progresses, this is hurting the Browns chances of landing him, but I think it gets done. I still think it does. I still want him in Cleveland. I know we had the Twitter poll up last week. Seemed like a majority of people want Jadavion Clowney in Cleveland. Andrew Barry does. The contract is there. The cash is there. 
Jadavion, join us. Come be a Brown, man. We need you. That's our Browns offseason watch presented live on BigPlay.com. Let's keep rolling with Here's What's Trending. Alrighty, what is trending on BigPlay.com? If you're new to the show, welcome on in. This is the segment where we get to stay in the sports realm. We also teeter outside of the world of sports. We have a great time here on What's Trending, presented by my generous friends over at the Big Play Store. You guys heard me talk about the Big Play Store merch. Pick up your Big Play stuff today. Great Cleveland designs. If you need a Cleveland shirt, man, come on. We've been in lockdown for a year here. You're going to leave the house after you get that vaccine and hit the ballpark, hit the draft, wearing your old Cleveland t-shirt. Couldn't be me, dog. Hit the Big Play store, store store.bigplay.com, promo code Padone. Get you 15% off. Here's how we do this thing. We have a big play of the week, a small play of the week, as well as the medium play of the week. So something that... Big play, absolutely hit it out of the park. Small play, something that might have missed the mark. And medium play, something that is in the middle of those two things. Let's start off with the small play of the week. And that is April Fool's Day. I used to love April Fool's Day as a kid. I thought it was the funniest thing ever. Gives you a chance to mess around with your friends. You know, knock-knock jokes, just practical jokes. I remember one time, I forget the chemical reaction that happens. But if you put like baking soda, like a lot of baking soda, into a full bottle of ketchup, the ketchup will just explode. I don't remember if it was baking soda or what it was. But like just stuff like that is what made April Fool's fun when you're growing up. But now it's just bad. Like it's bad memes. It's even worse marketing campaigns. Like if you're a social media strategist and you have something dumb planned for April Fool's Day tomorrow, like I'm sure... I I hate to throw any company, of course, you know, that under the bus. If you're a fast food chain tomorrow and you announce that your biggest burger that everybody loves is no longer going to be on the menu, everybody could see right through that, dude. It's April Fool's Day. That tweet was funny when Twitter first came out in 2012 and when it first got big in 2013. Nobody wants to see that stuff anymore on April Fool's Day. That's my small play of the week. April Fool's doesn't get it done for me, man, anymore like it used to. Medium play of the week, though, something that's kind of in the middle. And I and definitely mixed reactions around football, around fan bases, is this 17th game. Obviously, NFL announced that there will be a 17th game played this season. Doesn't compensate the players anymore on their current contracts. And it also, you know counts it's not a preseason game mixed reactions overall i like it i have a hard time hearing the arguments against it sure it's a money grab for now it's it's a get rich easy scheme for the owners because they're able to sell a 17th game to the espns the cbs's the fox sports of the world and just cash in on those tv deals on advertising dollars on ticket sales huge huge money comes in as a result of this 17th game and that's why i like it i dig that man i think down the road even if 
even short term, you know, four or five years down the road, that all helps the cap space. And if we, you know, here in Cleveland expect our Browns to be good, that all helps the Browns. The more cap that the NFL has to spend, the better that bodes for the Cleveland Browns, man. I can't stress that enough. I think this 17th game is a good idea. I just hope it doesn't get coached and played around. I don't want to see load management happen in the 17th game. And I don't think it will because the NFL is tough. You only get, you know, the old saying was you only get 16 of these things. Now you only get 17 of them. That's not a big number. You guys know the comparison in baseball you get 100 you know 62 this season in basketball you get 82 in a normal season that's a lot of games load management could happen when that many games get played but now 17 games they're all meaningful especially for our browns you look at the afc tough division buffalo is good ravens are good the chiefs are very good we know that pittsburgh even though we like joking about them they're going to be back. They're a good brand organization over there at Heinz Field. They're good. I think 17-game schedule helps the Browns. You beat up on Arizona for that last game that snuck in. Obviously, the schedule isn't out yet. We don't know if Arizona will be the final game of the year. I think that helps. I think the more chances that you have to win, the better. And the more chances for the league to make a ton of money, the better for the short term and the long term of the sport that we all love so much. For the players, it sucks. I get the demand on your body. Going through that extra game is tough. They're going to compensate them, though. Down the line, it's going to pay off for these guys. They're going to get much bigger paydays. And you probably don't have to deal with as much preseason nonsense anymore. We see the restrictions with OTAs and preseason minicamp already easing up. The next will be those preseason games. Didn't have any last year, and it didn't really change a whole lot. Nothing really happened as a result of that. So that's my medium play of the week. Something that fell in the middle of missing the mark and hitting the mark. But I definitely think it will lean towards towards hitting the mark as we get to that 17 game we get to see some of the money that that extra game adds to the league it's time for my big play of the week and that's pro days man i love pro day season i don't care that it's guys throwing footballs and receiving in their underwear i want to see kyle pitts who's a six foot something four six freaking nature tight end run a 40 yard dash in 4.4 seconds that's amazing that's unbelievable jamar chase same thing outstanding pro day gets me so excited for the draft i know that was our big play of the week last week if you guys want to if you feel so inclined tweet me at nick padone 12 tweet the show at padone my take has there been a pro day that you've been impressed with? Has a prospect won you over? Who do you think you want the Browns to draft? For me, none of these you know linebackers, defensive ends that'll be there for 26 really wowed me. I'm wowed by the wide receiver speed in this class. And I do think the Browns will be drafting a wide receiver within their top 100 picks in this draft. Obviously, they have four in the top 100 this year think that bodes well for the odds of adding another receiver for Baker Mayfield in this draft. I think that's going to happen. I think the speed is something that this Browns team, the front office, the coaching staff, I think speed is something that's missing and that's going to be something that they're going to address in the draft. These pro days are so much fun though, man. Like how, how could you not enjoy it? I will say 
as I watch some of these guys, you know, Kyle Pitts, who right now is being mocked like, you know, sixth to the Miami Dolphins after that big trade that happened last week. Like, dude, I don't want Kyle Pitts on the Dolphins. I want Kyle Pitts in the NFC. Get that guy out of here. I don't want to play Kyle Pitts ever. That guy's going to be a beast. Same thing with Jamar Chase. I don't want to say, you know, Bengals are truly little brother. We talk about like, you know, the, are the Browns little brother to Baltimore and Pittsburgh? And we hate when those organizations and fan bases treat us as such, especially now that the Browns are actually good. And there should be some respect there for Cleveland since he is the real little bro. But Jamar Chase is good. Pairing Jamar Chase with Joe Burrow, if since he elects to do that with the fifth pick, that's dangerous, man. I, I, I'd I, be worried if my name was Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams, Troy Hill. Man, that, that's a receiver to be reckoned with is Jamar Chase. I think he's going to be very good. Lucky for the Browns, I'm good. maybe we'll do a mock draft in a future show. Tweet me at NickPadone12. Do you want to see that? I don't think he'll end up there, man. I think the I think the Cincinnati Bengals are still gonna rock with the offensive line group. They're they don't want to get Joe Burrow killed again. I think it's just adding depth, plugging holes. I think it could be the first lineman off the board goes five to Cincy instead of Jamar Chase, who then would possibly go six to Miami, seven to Detroit, I wanna say. Not gonna fall much further than that. Same goes for Kyle Pitts. So excited to see how that shakes out, though. Pro Day season is here. You know what that means. The draft is up next in Cleveland, Ohio. We're going to talk about it right here on BigPlay.com. Thank you guys for hanging out. What a fantastic hour this has been. My name is Nick Padone. I enjoy hanging out with you guys so much. If you enjoyed the program, even if you hated it, Go on Apple Podcasts, go on Spotify, go on wherever you listen to your audio pods on demand. Subscribe to the show. Give me that five-star review. Tell me what you liked. Tell me what you hated on Twitter. Give us a follow at Padone My Take. Tweet me at Nick Padone 12 Got a lot of fun stuff coming up. Cleveland Indians tomorrow. Let's go, Tribe. Let's come out of the season. How about this, huh? You start off the season against the Detroit Tigers. Let's sweep them. I mean, let's sweep the Tigers. Hell yeah. Tribe is going to do it. I think they can. The Tigers are still really bad. I'd look out for that happening. Don't don't say that I told you so when that happened. For Padone, my take. For BigPlate.com, my name is Nick Padone. As the great Joe Tate used to say, good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.